welcome to the Idea of the Week podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Bernie. There he is. <laughs> Did you fall asleep on me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know what? Usually you do the intro, so I was just taking a back seat for a few. <laughs> uh, so this is the Idea of the Week podcast where we talk about a new business idea that comes into our heads uh, and sort of hash it out. Uh, and by the end, we probably have a completely different idea from, from the start. Uh, so we've talked about last week, or last episode, I should say, we talked about the airline industry and how how their terrible CX needs to be evolved. What was our final uh, um, idea on that? Do you remember? I can't even remember. <laughs> so, like, I think it was uh, like Delta or whoever would come pick you up at your house. Yeah, full service. Yeah, full and service. The whole way through. Uh, which I still like. There's That's the key to that industry is like creating a holistic single experience for the customer as opposed to like the many varied experiences they have on the way through the airport. Yeah. Um, travel is travel. Travel is travel. Um, and so one idea that we've, we, we've sort of been going back and forth on since our Bonobos days has been this, uh, this concept of, we call it the sundry concept as like in a sundry store, like an old store, like in a Western town, like in an old Western movie. But it's like a, in that case, it's like a central location to buy um, your supplies. And we call it the sundry idea because we think that there is this potential to bring back sort of a neighborhood uh, store, bodega, whatever you want to call it, but sort of flex it into the 21st century where it's not just a place where you go buy an ice cream sandwich, but it's a place where you get your packages delivered. Or there's cold storage to get groceries delivered from something like a Blue Apron or a Playdate or something like that. Uh, and so it's an idea that I think both of us love. And we keep coming back to it over and over again because it just makes perfect sense. Um, and I don't know, Bernie, would you, you know, you still like this idea, right? I do like the idea. And I'm equally as excited to see where it evolves in this conversation. Yeah. No, uh, I, I think... One of the things that many cities are grappling with, and we explored this trend uh, a few episodes ago, is congestion. And congestion is caused by delivery trucks, by commuters, by more people living and working in uh, big metropolitan communities, cities, and so forth. And with that being said, though there are still many neighborhoods that are really being underserved by some of those core expectations and needs that any sort of given neighborhood in a in a respectable city may may provide to its residents and with that being said, you know, you have these areas in the outer boroughs where, okay, there's no Whole Foods, there's no Trader Joe's, there's no nothing. Desert. So food deserts, yeah. which become nutritional deserts and lead to a whole host of other issues. And the challenge there is that it also becomes increasingly hard to source quality product, even if you want to get it delivered Right now, we, we have access to all these e-commerce solutions, some obviously more affordable than others. Uh, it, it just becomes hard, logistically speaking, to, to get access to those things, even though like e-commerce is supposed to make everything easier for us. And that's because you can't just leave 
a bag of groceries or a box of groceries on a stoop somewhere and uh, expect the, the produce or whatever you're buying to, to remain fresh. And so out of this was born this idea, well, what if, what if there was a place that could house cold storage, meaning like if you buy groceries in Manhattan or somewhere in downtown Brooklyn and you need it delivered to like the outer borough somewhere, but you don't necessarily have, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to like give like a six hour delivery time frame or whatever, like you do with like your utility provider. How do you make that easy? And I think one of the ways to make that easy would be if every neighborhood and every community had this place where they could have packages delivered, but not just traditional packages that you get in the mail, but also can store things like groceries and fresh produce and, and things like that. So that's how we, this idea was born. It was through that conversation. Yeah. And it initially sparked, I think, at Bonobos when or just even our own experiences with e-commerce where, um, you know, in New York, you basically have two types of buildings. Everybody lives in apartments for the most part, but like you have doorman buildings and buildings without a doorman. If you have a doorman, the e-commerce sort of delivery uh, sort of option is easier because the doorman gets it for you while you're at work and you probably work 12 hours a day in New York, right? Uh, if you don't have that, and a lot of people don't, because that's kind of, I guess, probably going away or it's not that prominent, especially live in like Brooklyn, um, you can't get your package, right? There's no way. So you get it delivered to work. Then you get to take it on the subway and take it home. So it was out of that like really kind of shitty uh, customer experience um, that has now just become, you know, back then this was probably what um, seven years ago or something like that. Yeah. Um, something like, yeah. And uh, now that e-commerce world has just exploded so that everybody's doing this. If they want something, they order on Amazon, they order it on wherever and they get it delivered. But if you're at work, even if you have a house, they're just going to drop the package off. It's like, it's a huge, huge problem for this new economy that has developed. So I think the, yeah, the initial spark was like, Oh, like how can we get our packages delivered to a central location? Um, but then it really did evolve into what, what else could we do with this? You know, what else could be a part of this? Like it's a centralized location in your neighborhood. That's a sort of essentially what it is. You can get packages there. That's one part of it. There's also this cold storage idea, but then there's also this social aspect of it that we were starting to sort of mm -hmm. find around, where it was sort of almost like, I don't want to say like a club or like a country club, but like maybe there's like membership um, where it's a central location. Maybe there's like a little coffee bar there, or maybe even a little bit of a, a normal bar. Maybe a little bit of a maybe a little bit of a we work situation. <laughs> no, I don't. I maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, no work can be done here. That's that should be on the sign. Um, it uh, yeah, it's and it kind of that then dovetails into sort of the loss of community that we've had in the United States, especially over the last 50, 60 years post World War Two there was a kind of a norm where you would live in a neighborhood, you'd have a local spot that you would go to. Um, things were a lot more communal back then, and you knew your neighbors. That's no longer the case whatsoever. There are some aspects of that remain, but that has been a real big social shift away from communal experiences towards, I do my own thing, and that's what I do. And I'm thinking like this sundry, uh, this sundry idea could help sort of alleviate that desire for a more tighter knit community in your neighborhood where 
I, I mean, this is how I envision it. Like, you get off work, six, seven, whatever. You go to this spot. You pick up your packages. You pick up your groceries. You're going to see the same people all the time, right? So it's like, it's a way to sort of build social bonds in your neighborhood that you don't do now. Because if you think about it, how it works now, I get home. If I have a package, well, did it get stolen or not? Because I live at a house. Not like a busy street. So that I don't see anybody getting the package. I get my packages, like come into my home and I lock the door. Right. It's just like a very sort of isolating, sort of alienating existence. Um, so I'm thinking this local spot could, could help alleviate that as well. Um, you know, what's interesting though, too, is that, um, so the United States, this is not the norm, but up in Canada, uh, I was talking to Canada post for my current job. And, um, apparently uh, a majority of mail delivered in Canada is to a community post office. Um, so there's actually a centralized location that your entire neighborhood or block goes to, to get their mail. And it's sort of, that has sort of been a transition up there in Canada. They're actually stopping home delivery. Uh, so they don't deliver packages to your home anymore in Canada for a majority of people. It's actually this communal spot. And I think that's sort of like a nationalized sort of group mailbox. What if you, you know, our ideas sort of expand on that, you know, make it like, think of it as like a seven 11 that everybody goes to, but it's like really cool and nice. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like there's something there that it'll work. I mean, what are the barriers to it? Uh, I think the barriers, but also they might be opportunities, uh, right? Like the cost of real estate. So let's take these high density urban locales, right? You're going to be paying a premium for real estate. So you can't just be a mailbox, et cetera, where you accept packages and, and fresh goods and cold storage and whatnot. You have to add something more. And I think that in itself is a, is a huge barrier and you, you need to build out, you need to build out a network of numerous locations at the same time to, to get adoption. I think. What's the business model. You think that's the real question. How do these places make money? I think membership. I'm thinking so too. It's gotta be a membership. And then there's gotta be auxiliary revenue from like selling stuff, coffee, booze. Um, there's got to be fees associated with it too. There's no, such, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? So like if you want something delivered there, maybe there's like a delivery fee and maybe it's not a lot, but maybe it's like a, you know, a couple bucks per package or a pickup fee or. Yeah. Or maybe it's something prices. like if, if, if you hold your, if we hold your package for over like two days or over a day, like you pay an overnight fee type of thing. Yeah. So no, it's like, you could do that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, so I think the barriers are those like initial real estate costs and you have to sign uh, leases and, and things of that nature. Then you have to go out and promote it. And I think you have to do a little bit of market research within these communities in advance and just sort of also explore if uh, you're, you're truly meeting an unmet need. I think, I think for regular packages, it's easy to say, yeah, this obviously would be convenient because like you said, right now 
there's sort of two journeys. One is you have to order it to work and lug it home, or two, if it's too big, you have to work from home or take the day off to wait there and receive the package. And then there's the whole, like, where do people shop for food uh, use case? And I think one of the things we have to really explore is where are these individuals shopping for food and what could actually make it easier? Uh, I.e. like, are people who are living in these outer communities that don't have easy access to like the Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and whatnot of the world, are they actually shopping at these places or are we just assuming based on our own habits that that's the case? Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I think that that's a good point. Like, is this, does somebody, does someone out in the outer boroughs really want to go to a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods or whatever? But there could be an entire another layer of businesses created because of this. Mm. So let's say you're in the South Bronx, right? Um, which, you know, is kind of uh, a poor neighborhood or poor part of the borough. Um, yeah. And let's say you're in a food desert. There's a lot of them there. And, you know, you, you have a family of, you know, three kids um, and you need to, you know, you need to create uh, dinner every night. Right. So, like, how do you do that? Do you go to the local bodega and like buy like really probably shitty, really overpriced food because they're the only place within, you know, a couple few square blocks of where you live? If this sundry store existed, this centralized location, and um, it had the storage, what you can end up doing is sort of planning out um, meals and food delivery. So that like every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're gonna get like the same group of foods, and you pick it up every day. That's a whole new food distribution business that exists, right? Like, does Whole Foods really want to do that business? Maybe not. Maybe Trader Joe's doesn't really want to do that. Maybe they want to focus on the upper upper middle class uh, people who live in Manhattan who have a doorman who can get this stuff delivered to them. It's not a problem. Maybe there is a whole nother layer in the food grocery business that doesn't exist now. You know, uh, I'm thinking like, I'm trying to think of my time in like New York, like what were the big stores? Like obviously you have Whole Foods, you have Trader Joe's and stuff like that. But then there's this whole group of independent grocery stores underneath that. Maybe there's the possibility for a grocery store that doesn't have a storefront. Maybe all they do is take orders online and deliver to these cold storage sundry stores uh, for people on a regular basis and you sign up as like a subscription model. Oh, you know, this week I'm going to get meatloaf uh, on Monday. Uh, Tuesday will be like chicken fajitas and like uh, Friday will be something else. And then you sort of cycle through different meals. You create this continuity and uniformity in people's schedules with gent- then creates cost efficiencies for the company doing it. Uh, you always know where it's going to go. It's an easy pickup drop off and it just creates like, to me, that would be like a really good customer experience. Like if I was in that situation, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, re- I really like that idea. I think, uh, you know, I'm sort of thinking of fresh direct, but mm-hmm. more of uh, like an affordable, less customizable machine learning option of, yeah, because the, the key is affordability, right? Like, but cr- yeah. and, and I think fresh direct caters to, it's like upper middle class. Uh, yeah, it's it's on par with with Whole Foods in terms of cost structure and and what it is. But I, you know, they give you a lot of options, and 
you know, you have a delivery window that's pretty tight. And that means there's a lot of delivery trucks out on the road and logistically challenging. But I think you are able to cut down on the logistical challenges by not having to deal with that last mile delivery component and literally just being able to deliver to these sundry stores, which are essentially small localized distribution centers. Uh, And you blend that maybe with sort of having like a weekly or daily cutoff for when you can order your groceries. And then also you don't have to deal with massive warehousing costs because then you can do everything much more just in time. Yeah. from a from a warehousing perspective when you when you place the food orders you don't have to sort of project out for every single option that any given person may want if you are really focusing exactly. on quality focus. standards yeah it's and more, I, it's like a uniform more uniform less customizable experience but that's what creates the efficiencies i think that could be that could be big and it, it's interesting cuz i know there's sort of in New York City specifically, there's all this talk about, you know, replacing the bodega and how bodegas are a real core central part of these communities that that we're referring to. And that may be so, um, but, you know, bodegas don't necessarily serve that bringing quality food to neighborhoods niche. Like, yeah, sure. Like people may be shopping at them, uh, but in most instances, the food isn't fresh. A lot of it is packaged and processed. It's disgusting. Uh, it's yeah, it's not, it's not good stuff. And on top it's overpriced. So there's like a, you know, there's not just like the, the financial costs associated with it. Then there's like the social costs of being in a place that where you're drinking, you know, where you're buying your sodas and your, you know, your sort of like processed foods that they serve that's packaged, that's been sitting on a shelf for a while. And I think this could sort of like, it could like, sort of, like you said, it could be a foundational part of a new ecosystem. And that's not like attempting to like compete with the bodega. It's not even attempting to complement a bodega. It's just, it's a different option for, for people who are seeking access uh, and convenience at the same time and affordability. So if you, I think if you blend those three things together, uh, it's such there's a, just, it's such a, I love this idea so much because it's like, it makes, it's one of those ideas where it's not just here's problem a here's solution a here's like 10 different problems and it solves for all of them. Right. And that's why it's such a cool concept. Um, and I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking about this split experience that e-commerce has created. E-commerce, especially let's say the last decade, right, has really benefited a certain group of people. The more affluent, the more sort of like, let's say, white collar worker who lives in a city. That's who it's really benefited the most. And I was thinking about, we, we talk about last mile, right? But isn't this really a last block problem? <laughs> right? Like, isn't this more like, I'm just thinking of uh, somebody I knew in New York and they always got stuff delivered to them. They did, they did fresh direct. He got all his clothes dry, clean and delivered to him. And like, that was his world, right? He wanted stuff directly delivered to him to his doorstep in this really nice apartment building. And I was like, that that's a very specific experience. 
but there's this whole other group of people that is probably much more than the majority who can't necessarily afford that experience. And like the difference is that that person is willing to walk two blocks to go get their food delivered. This other person that I knew wasn't right. Like he'd rather have it at his apartment. And so that to me is like, that's a huge opportunity that the startup e-commerce direct to consumer space, food space is completely missing because they're assuming that everybody wants, you know, wealthy guy in a big apartment building with a doorman experience, yeah. but they don't, and they don't even need it. They don't even want it. And so like, if you were able to sort of use the efficiencies that have been created within the space for the last decade and, and, and create an experience that's more in line with other people's lives. Um, I mean, it could be like a massive opportunity and not, it's not even just like, Oh, it's an opportunity to make money. It's an opportunity to make people's lives better. And more yeah, and serve communities and, and healthier and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, the the way I see it, and, and this is sort of like a chicken or the egg challenge, you you almost need the sort of storefront or or uh, sort of distribution point, sundry store, whatever it is or want to call it. You almost need that first. And then you need the equivalent of like a bunch of developers to come in and say, Hey, like, can I plug and play with, with this concept? Interesting. Interesting. And all of a sudden you open that up almost like an API and you allow genius different companies or different startups to sort of partner with you. And like you said, I think that's where you'll find the magic where it's not just about controlling what it is or what it isn't. It's just offering this as a solution and then finding uh, specific companies that are popping up that are attempting to, uh, you know, help, help these communities, uh, which haven't just been underserved by uh, food and nutrition and all these other things, but oftentimes underserved by technology. And now all of a sudden, like you're opening this up, uh, by connecting it to something physical. Yeah. I like that, that physical digital bridge. Um, yeah, I love that idea. I mean, I can, I can just see this happening though. The one thought that I do have though, is this, like, I was just thinking, I was like, what if I just did this in St. Louis and opened up a place and started doing this? Mm-hmm. The issue is that are people going to get it? Right. And this reminds me of, <laughs> um, uh, that movie. You remember 40 uh, year old virgin? Yeah, and uh, remember he he starts dating the woman who owns the the eBay store. Yep, and like one of the subplots of that is that like nobody really gets what she does. She doesn't really sell things. She just sells pe- other people's things online, and people will walk into the store and be like, "Oh, can I buy this?" She's like, "Oh no, I'm selling it online." I wonder if it's like almost like a bridge too far for some people to sort of be like, you know, well, what is this place? Is it a post office store? Is it a UPS store? Can I ship stuff from it? Um, is it a PO box? Is it USPS? What else? You know, it's like, I feel like branding would have to be so on point to communicate to people what it was all about pretty initially. And I think the way you get around that is you start out maybe with like a single purpose. Um, yeah. and then you sort of expand out, but that's tough because then you might pitch in your, I'm thinking of something like, um, you know, the company happy returns, You've heard yes. them before? Yeah, so that's kind of like a, 
it's a similar sort of concept. It's like, oh, I got something. I don't want to like mail it back or drop it off at a UPS store. Here's this place where I can drop it off. Or it's sometimes I think it's like actual retail locations they partner with. So that seems kind of cool. You know, you kind of know exactly what it's all about. It's like, oh, it's a place I can drop off my return. Could they ever expand into something different? I don't know. Because like now the association is with that specific task. Um, and like, what if happy returns started opening up physical locations and like had a coffee bar there? I can just see it sitting empty for like years and nobody. Totally. Goes, oh, there's a coffee here. Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then again, it's sort of building something with our own bias in mind where, Hey, this would be cool for us, but you realize the, the cool factor that, that we're really articulating doesn't really serve anybody's need in those yeah. Yeah, it's areas. So then like, do you have to go in with a single purpose? Like, Hey, we offer, you know, we're sort of like the anti grocer. We offer fresh foods at low prices and, you know, pick up whatever you need. But then the problem is if you're in that space, then you're essentially becoming uh, you know, sort of like a modern grocery store with an app, which, hey, maybe, yeah. maybe that's an idea in itself. But then how do you benefit from being sort of part of this larger ecosystem that, that you're trying to, to build out? And again, maybe you do have to start with the basics and then evolve from there. And once you... Once you get your foot in the door, no, no pun intended, then then the opportunity is to to cross sell and upsell and and whatnot. Yeah, I think you almost could start out with just copying what Canada does and like just call, hey, this is community mailbox, like this is what it is. Like you use this as your address. You can come here. You can drop stuff off. You can pick up packages here. That that's what this place is. But is that enough? That's that's, that's the other I mean, question. That's the question. It's like. I, revenue wise i don't think they would be enough, especially in a place like let's say you're in the east village and you want to do this like i don't know if that's going to cover your costs oh no it's not right and so i think that's probably why it hasn't developed yet because no one's really figured out the business model part of it unless you're selling about it i mean unless you're selling like bongs and vape gear and (laughs) like you know uh this is community mailbox slash vapor a vape store (laughs) yeah i mean that's so that's uh that's like the challenge and you know now there's also a lot of these bodegas that they're partnering with a lot of these um ancillary airbnb businesses that exist where you know you can pick up the keys you can leave your luggage and yeah it's like a whole ecosystem that's being built out where you know like let's say you're visiting new york city and you need to pick up keys for airbnb instead of like meeting with your host you may simply go into a bodega and pick up your keys let's say you're uh you arrive at five in the morning and your airbnb isn't going to be ready until 5 p.m and you want to do stuff well now there's places i.e bodegas where via app you can find them and just store your luggage for the day for like five bucks that's awesome yeah so there's there's also like this reinvention of of the bodega and what it's able to do and how uh, you know you can partner with it digitally which sort of speaks to this whole thing like can you create this the storefront that serves a a core mission which is hey like providing 
technology, nutrition. I mean, and that's a lot already like to communities and then at the same time, like be part of this larger plug and play ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, there's just so much opportunity for this. I just, I, I love this idea. Um, cause I know it's going to happen. It's one of those ideas where it's like, well, obviously this is going to happen. Like it has to happen yeah. because the way e-commerce and direct to consumer works now, it doesn't work. Like it just does. I don't order anything online because I don't have anywhere to drop it off and I don't want to deliver it to work. And so I just don't order stuff online. I go to stores now. <laughs> I'm like reverting <laughs> to the 90s. Back like, to the future. Yeah. It's like if there was, and the funny thing is I looked for this in St. Louis because I, this is what I want. I want a place where I can go pick up my packages when I get off of work. None of them are open. None <laughs> of them are open past six o'clock and they're closed on Sundays. I'm like, what, you know, like what's the point if I can't pick it up when I'm not at work, this serves no purpose. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I think there's a lot of potential. I think it's, this is, I think the sundry idea is going to, we're going to come back to it over and over and over again. I think it's just, there's something there that is so attractive and I think realistic and doable that, uh, uh, I think it's going to be a big idea for us. Any uh, any other thoughts on it right now? No, I think I think you hit the nail on the head, and definitely, I think, like you said, people talk a lot about last mile, but this is really the last block. And on the last block, there's a lot of opportunity that's being missed because, unfortunately, not everybody's focusing on the blocks that the majority of people live on. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it, it, it sort of opens up the e-commerce experience to hold to the majority of people who don't use it as much now uh, as they possibly could. And so I think there's huge opportunities for companies to make money and there's huge opportunities to make people's lives better. It's a win-win. So social good too. Like you, you... Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking. It's like not, it doesn't have to be just like a capitalist. Oh, I make more money. There's there's ways we can use markets and capitalism to help people's lives, and that's I think the, the best way of using it. Yeah, um, love it. Cool. Uh, I think that's all for this episode. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, probably next week with a new episode. Um, this has been the Idea of the Week podcast. I'm Dan, and I'm Bernie. Take care. Bye.